Welcome back to the Section K Podcast. Today's Tuesday, November the 19th. Fraternity week is here. First go-round of the NCHA Fraternity is going to get underway this Thursday, November the 21st, in the Will Rogers Memorial Coliseum. It's going to be an exciting time. Looking forward to seeing everyone out in Fort Worth, Texas at this year's Fraternity. Um, on today's show... We're going to talk about some end-of-the-year accolades, non-pro open horses of the year, amateur horse of the year. Uh, also going to talk about uh, some AQHA World Show champions. And then lastly, we're going to talk about Lloyd Cox, the GOAT, surpassing the $9.2 million mark in the show arena and becoming the NCHA leading cutting horse rider. Uh, thanks so much for tuning into the show today. Sit back. Relax and enjoy today's episode of the Section K Podcast. Today's episode of the Section K Podcast is brought to you by OK Brand Wire. Committed to providing the highest quality fencing products at the most competitive prices since 1979. A family-owned and operated company headquartered in Medill, Oklahoma, OK Brand is proud to provide 100% American melted and American made fencing products. Whether it's max tight horse for your turnouts, horse panels for your stall, or barbed wire and field fence for your cattle, OK Brand is the brand to trust. OK Brand Fencing. Ask for it by name at your favorite farm and ranch fencing supplier. Learn more online at www.okbrand.com. We got a little AQHA World Show continuation talk. Congratulations to the AQHA World Champions, your junior cutting champion, Rockin' KW, Dylan Meyer in the saddle, the senior world champion, Lindy Birch and Bet She's Smooth, and then in the amateur division, Rietta Dufferina and Ricky Rage Streaks picked up a globe for the amateur world championship. Codeman. How uh, you freeze your Rio Rosafari ninis off up there in Oklahoma City at the at the World Show? See, si, Senor, <laughs> it got pretty cold, and the front came in, and it was freezing. Yeah, you and Rocco made the finals. Was that in the junior, the senior, or what was that in? Uh, we both made the finals in the junior, and Dad made the finals in the senior as well. He was third in in the junior yep. on perfect reflection. Yep, old sugar glider. Yeah, one of those bronze globes. That's pretty cool. Looked like his Cody. owners were pretty stoked about that. Yeah, Bridget, she was she was just extremely happy. Ecstatic about yeah. it. That's awesome. Cody, can you explain a little bit on the classifications with senior, junior, and amateur? Like what what do you how do you qualify for say the amateur or what is that like non pro equivalent or how does all that all work? What what constitutes a senior division horse or a junior division horse? Six and over. And junior is five and under. And then amateur is just basically your non-pro. But for me, I show in the junior horse because um, I work for trainers, and it's an AQHA rule that you cannot be an amateur and work for trainers. So being that I had worked for Phil Rapp for a long time and then various trainers since then, uh, I'm not eligible to be an amateur. So, But everybody else can, most everybody, I guess. So how does that work? Do they have the go-round, I guess, where the practice pin normally is for the non-pro and then the finals are inside the main coliseum? Is that correct? Uh, This year, that's the way it was for the junior and senior and then the amateur go-round were in the Jim Norick Arena. However, I've been there three or four times now, 
and that's the first time that we've ever done the prelims over there in the other performance arena where the practice pens usually were for the non-pro. So it was a little different. The cows are actually better in the performance arena, the go-around cows. Um, but it's also always fun to show in the Jim Nork arena when it's finals and, and you get a lot of fans in there and people that have never even watched a cutting horse, and it's pretty cool. Whether it was the herd work and the cutting, it looked like uh, several – Cow horse guys were helping the cutting guys and vice versa, so I thought that was pretty cool. Look yeah, like they, call me Mitch. Did, did you see him show? Yeah, that was pretty pretty badass, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about his run last week. I, I watched it on Facebook. He's a cool horse, man. He's a beautiful animal, and he can do it all. And there's, you know, there's very few cow horses that can actually cut on on the level of the competition that we strive for and he's one of them that's right there i mean he won the go around tied for the lead in the go around with a 21 and yeah he's a he's a real cool horse and then yeah a lot of those cow horse guys they either have well they put the cow horse competition kind of on the same dates and then a lot of the cow horses they also rope off of them and a lot of the cow horse guys they have they do other events um for the because they go to a lot more aqha cuttings i know brad lund i mean he's got a bunch of team roping horses and Luke Jones, they got a bunch of team roping horses. And, then, of course, you got Clay Logan up there that has all team roping horses. But <clears throat> a lot of those cow horses do different events, and they'll come in there and help. And Corey and Chris Dawson, they were all down there turning back and watching cows. And it's cool because um, they do it for practice. They like to go down there. And like Chris told me, he was like, every time there's a set of cows in there, I'm watching which ones are going to be good for the cutting. And so – it's it's a cool event to go up there to the world show a bunch of different people and uh see a lot of different disciplines people lunging while you're trying to work the flag and uh yeah hashtag aqha the 2019 end of the year accolades were announced from the ncha the 2019 horse of the year was none other than the fraternity champion crazy owned by Kevin and Sydney Knight and shown by Tatum Rice. It's pretty cool. Tatum picked up a Horse of the Year title um, after, I think, finishing second. For two years two in years a row. Two years in a row. So big congratulations to Tatum and the Knight family. Yeah, it was pretty cool to have Tatum on earlier in the year after we talked about his reserve championship um, at the BI. And um, just talking to him kind of there towards the middle of the year and – maybe having that on their mind, but not really getting too worried about it. Cause there was a lot of cutting left and then watching her for the rest of the year. And yeah, it's pretty cool to see it all culminate, uh, this end of the year award, uh, for Tatum and Kylie, both, um, like you mentioned, uh, Tatum coming on the podcast, uh, I guess what beginning of June out there after the BI and talking about just all the work that went into, uh, getting crazy to, the point um, to be able to even show her just how hard she was to train and how tough she was and and all that. I thought that was pretty cool. But one one of my favorite runs uh, from the whole year um, was when he marked that 229 at the Ike in February. It was kind of early on in the year. And uh, well, it was her first show after a fraternity win, and yep. obviously everybody looks at the very next show that the fraternity champions have, and what are they going to do there? You know. Well, and everyone knows how difficult it can be in West Monroe at times. And yeah. obviously to go mark a 229 with your, in, in your second show on what had to have been some super tough cattle. I thought that was extremely telling of just how awesome of a horse, uh, 
rain was early on. So uh, for me, that was my favorite run that Tatum had on her all year that I witnessed in person at least. I think everybody expects uh, after the fraternity, the fraternity champion to go on and dominate. But, you know, sometimes it's it's not the case. And sometimes they do end up winning horse of the year. Sometimes, you you know, sometimes you don't ever really hear much about them. But uh, for Tatum to win the his next two shows after the fraternity, winning the first three shows total that he ever showed her at, uh, being the fraternity, the Ike and the Bonanza. And um, he made the finals. The first finals he missed on her, so he went fraternity, Ike, Bonanza, Arbuckle, Cattlemen's making the finals. The first finals he didn't make was the NCHA Super Stakes. And then he had the work off at the Breeders' Invitational with Slow Ride in the finals. And, you know, I mean, that's all, that the start of the year that he had on that horse, I mean, that's that's about as good as it can get and it's just i mean we've talked about her a lot and she's just kind of a a freak of nature as quick as she is but i mean it's it's a really really cool honor uh i know tatum's probably thrilled about it but you know uh, i think all of us want a horse like crazy that you can go uh show and win on or even just own and get to watch it's just i mean he had an unbelievable your honor and uh it's just a pretty cool honor well and he told us in the interview like hauling her that year with hashtags while he was hauling for horse of the year the year before and uh showing hashtags in the open cuttings and and just going all over the country um basically made him have this horse of the year because he said that without hauling her around and taking her to all those places she probably would have never got trained um so it's kind of cool to be second one year and uh, then that very next year, you have a horse of the year that was created by being second the year before. So, and you know, just to on top of that, it seems like you know Tatum's. It's not just in the horse of the year. I mean, he was reserved in the uh, in the Open World Championship, and then he goes back, and then he ends up winning it. And then uh, the same thing with what you guys are saying with the horse of the year is it's it's not easy to do after you even when you get second, you kind of, when you get to the end of the road, you're kind of like, dang. Uh, and for him to come back the following years and both of those two things and, and to end up being on top the following years of it, I mean, that's that says a lot about him. The 2019 NCHA non-pro horse of the year was also a fraternity champion, Chexie Luella, owned and ridden by Cade Shepard from Summerdale, Alabama. He was also your 2019 four-year-old non-pro champion at the Breeders' Invitational. So those were two uh, pretty solid boosts uh, for the for the horse of the year race. Um, what are your thoughts on Chexie Luella? It's pretty cool being as young as Kate is, and obviously he's Austin's son, so he's got one of the best teachers in the business. But just being as young as he is and, and being as competitive as he is in the non-pro um, – that kid's going to be around for a while, man. It's, it's pretty time. cool to watch him. He's a professional showman. He can show the hair off a horse. And, you know, the the non-pro horse of the year, it came down to the end. And, I mean, he was competing against one of the uh, another one of the best non-pros in Ty Moore. And it was in 
Cade Shepard's favor this year, but I mean, both of those riders and both those horses are phenomenal horses, but congrats to Cade. The amateur horse of the year was none other than Sweet Tooth, another NCHA fraternity champion. Um, at that time, Sweet Tooth was owned and shown by the late John Rocky, and now Freddie and June McGee are Sweet Tooth's owners, and I'm sure they are super proud of uh, that horse and what he's accomplished all year, but I can't help but think uh, John Rocky's smiling down and going to be smiling down on finals night at the fraternity whenever Sweet Tooth comes in to accept his award for uh, amateur horse of the year. I thought that was pretty cool that that um, June finished off the year showing Sweet Tooth and and uh, helped contribute to that, that horse of the year title. So a big congratulations to the Rocky family and the McGee family as well. Yeah, it's pretty awesome to see uh, uh, some people like that get, get this honor because obviously John Rocky, as everybody knows, passed earlier this year and uh, he was just an amazing guy and, and just to see a horse that he liked riding and loved showing and got along with so well, just continue the success and end up being the amateur horse of the year is, is pretty cool. And, uh, man, it's a bittersweet, but, uh, congratulations to the Rocky family and, and the McGee family and on this outstanding accomplishment. This episode is brought to you by Western Bloodstock. Western Bloodstock conducts all of the sales at the NRCHA and NCHA major events in Fort Worth, Texas. Whether you're looking for a ready-made show horse, broodmares, or your next young prospect, Western Bloodstock has many options available to fulfill your performance horse needs. Tuesday, December 10th at 4 p.m., John Justin Sale Arena. Hard Eight Barbecue Dinner will kick off the selling of over 530 yearlings, broodmares, weanlings, and breeding stallions. Starting with Tuesday, 5 p.m., the evening session, selling 75, followed by Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday each day at 9 a.m. with approximately 150 a day. See westernbloodstock.net for the listings, including pictures. And like their page on Facebook, Western Bloodstock LTD. Another accomplishment that hit the social media airwaves this week was the announcement of the new all-time leading rider of the NCHA, Lloyd Cox, the GOAT. He recently exceeded $9.2 million in the show arena, um, which surpassed Phil Rapp, who had been the leader in the clubhouse, I believe, uh, for quite a while and had, had been at the top of the, of the ranks there uh, when it came to all-time leading riders. But, man... What a, what a what an accomplishment for for someone like Lloyd and um, I'm sure he's just gonna keep on adding to that 9.2 million dollars uh, as as the years go on yeah it's looking like this year he's uh, got a big big gap between him and second place for the Equistat rider of the year and he's not done yet we still got the fraternity in the world finals and so there's plenty of cutting left and um, Man, it's just that's crazy, and pretty cool when you think about it. For how long that he's been doing it, and uh, doesn't seem like it's going to stop anytime soon either. Well, some of these stats too um, 
obviously in years past events have paid more and the purses have been bigger and whether it was the futurity paying more or going to Las Vegas for the millionaire cuttings. Um, but here within the last 10 years, it's been a whole lot harder to win piles of money like Lloyd's been doing. And a lot of that, a lot of that works, uh, been done on the back of eight, nine head of show horses at any given age event across the country. So I think it's pretty cool that Lloyd, I mean, he goes to pretty much every single aged event that there is, whether it's the triple crown events in Fort Worth or shows in West Monroe or shows in Vegas. Uh, the Lloyd Cox crew is generally there and they are there with a boatload of stock and generally a boatload of really good and really well-bred stock and extremely well-trained stock and they'll generally take your money. So I thought it was pretty cool to see this accomplishment. I'm sure his wife, uh, Christina is super proud and I'm sure everybody that works over at Lloyd Cox's is, um, very proud to be a part of that program and be a part of Lloyd's success. So once again, big congratulations to Lloyd Cox on becoming the newest all-time rider within the NCHA. I have a couple of Lloyd Cox stats that are pretty mind blowing that I would love to hear y'all's reaction about, uh, the, the first one, uh, it was on, Lloyd Cox cutting horses, and I'm sh- you guys maybe seen it. I don't know about the whole world has maybe probably didn't see it, but uh, he trained stylish play Lena, and she won two hundred sixty-four thousand four hundred seventy-three, and he also trained uh, foals out of her smooth talking style two hundred ninety-three thousand, hottish two hundred eighty-six thousand, copperish two hundred sixty-two thousand, hellacious two hundred twenty-seven thousand. Ridiculous, 142,000 for a combined total out of those falls of 1.2 million. Wow. Wowzer. The the other is, so Lloyd started showing when he was 20 years old in 1985, and he is 54 years old now. And here's a, I think this is crazy, but on average to win... The amount of money he has won now, uh, since he was 20 for 34 years, is 271,527 per year to accumulate what he has won now. Which, of course, there's probably, I mean, years like he had this year where he's won 620,000. But yeah, and he's uh, been the Equistat Rider of the Year three times before that too, or before this year, which it's not official yet. There, a lot can happen, but um, he's looking at getting his fourth equistat rider of the year so i mean he's won he's won on average per year more than i have in my lifetime and i'm 25 years old well you're just getting started man amen lloyd had to get his start somewhere i had an interesting thought earlier today when we were talking about all this um do you guys know who the top five riders in the ncha are well obviously we know the top two yep Lloyd Cox at number one, Phil Rapp at number two. Mm-hmm. Number three, Matt Gaines. Correct. That's pretty Bingo. good. I forgot about that one. Number four, I'm going to say Paul Hansma. Number four or five Close. has to be Paul Hansma. I'm going to say. Five. Yeah. Paul's five. Yep. Okay, Austin, number four. Austin's yep. got to be four. Yeah. Let's keep this train rolling. Who do you think's number six, CBL? Tim Smith, maybe, I think. Bam. Possibly. Bam. Wow. Yeah. 
None of this is even... Hey, Rudd. Did you cheat, CBL? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Yeah, that was fun. That trivia type stuff. Always a good time, and I guarantee our buddy Evan Moffitt, he'd whoop all of our tails at any kind of horse, cutting horse rider trivia. So, yeah, those are always a good time. Well, Cody just reminded us this is going to be our last podcast before the first go-round of the 2019 Open Futurity gets underway here this Thursday, November the 21st, live from the Will Rogers Memorial Coliseum. Uh, the lights are going to be on bright, and hopefully you've hauled, hauled those horses enough and done your due diligence in the training pen. Hopefully you have your Coggins and your health papers. That don't too. forget that. Hey, good reminder. Great reminder. And <laughs> Do not and forget that. Don't forget that um, looks like the – the check station is going to be a little bit different than the Snafflebit Futurity. Like we talked about on this show, it's going to be over on Lancaster Street right there um, in front of the tower by the ticket office um, right there in front of, of the Will Rogers. So it's going to be way different um, bringing 10-horse trailers all the way through Lancaster. And, and Make sure you plan for extra time, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you this plan. This is your third or fourth warning now. Can't um, be forgetting it. Everybody's been waiting I mean, it's two years, three years, one year. It doesn't matter. There's, it's been a been a long um, process uh, getting to this point, so it'd be silly to miss the gate or, or be late for your horse to show just because um, either you didn't have your papers or or you were were a little bit tardy when it came to coming to the coming to the check station. So be sure and be on time and never hurt nobody to be a little bit early. So. E-A-R-L-Y. That's our message for this week. There's a horse out here that is going to come away with the Faturdy Championship, and we've all been working for this for a long time, and it's just really crazy when you put it on that big scale. And then now it's time to get nervous again because you think about it like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's definitely um, getting to be an exciting time. We've kind of been hyping the Faturdy up for a little while now, and – but it seems like, I don't know, this last month and a half, two months, it seems like it flies by. You're like, oh, yeah, I got a month and a half till the fraternity starts. And then next thing you know it, you're leaving in two days to head to Fort Worth. And Next but, thing you, you know, know it, you're listening to this podcast on Tuesday and remember, oh, snap, fraternity first go-round, Thursday morning, 8 a.m., gates are closed. <laughs> yeah, this year I noticed – there's 516 open entries. Um, so, yeah, one of 516, that's what we're starting out with. So uh, it's a long ride from from the uh, first day here on November 21st all the way until Sunday, December 15th on finals day. So um, major props to everybody that comes in and stays the whole time. CBL, I know, obviously, you guys are hoping to be here as long as possible. Um Major props for everyone that's coming to spend pretty much a week or a, a week, a month in Fort Worth for the NCHA fraternity. Yeah, and also, I mean, people that aren't going to to show at that show, I I, I hope that there's a lot of people that are planning on going uh, or that will be there for finals because I I mean I think I can speak for all three of us is I mean finals night especially watching the open finals i mean it 
it's right up there with any sporting event that I've ever been to. Um, and especially if you can get a, a good group of friends to go sit up there and watch. And even if you don't even know a whole whole lot about cutting it, I mean, you're watch, you're going to be watching the best three-year-olds in the world get showed in the finals. And uh, you'll have a heck of a time. So I hope there's peop- a lot of people that show up and support uh, the cutting horse. Yeah, and even the world finals um... – uh, the weekends of November 29th and 30th. Those are the first two rounds, and then they're going to wrap up on Thursday, December 5th, and Friday, uh, and Saturday, December 7th. Uh, so if you can't make it out uh, for the, the last weekend there, uh, the 14th and 15th for the Futurity Open Finals, uh, those world finals open and non-pro specifically, those are extremely good watching people that have hauled a lot of miles and done a lot of hard work to um, get to uh, the the world finals there in Fort Worth. So that's another good opportunity to come out and, and see some really good cutting action. I agree with you, CBL. I think that the Fraternity Finals is one of the most fun cuttings to watch. But I really enjoy the semifinals the most. Yeah. The semifinals is, is so good because I feel like it's five sets instead of just two yeah. sets. And yeah, all, of all horses that uh, are capable of making yeah, it pretty exactly. much. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they got this far to the semifinals, so you know they can mark a good enough score to get there. And, and there's, But that excitement leads you to how excited you are for yeah. you know Sunday night, too. Well, and, and sometimes in the semifinals, there's some years it takes a 18 to advance to the finals. And, you know, those years that it takes a high score – I mean, it dang sure hypes up the finals enough that, oh, man, it took an 18 to get into the finals. Can you imagine what these finals are going to be like? And then it sometimes comes down to what cattle they get finals night. Uh, it kind of can play a factor in what those finals are determined because it, you're putting that many good horses in only two sets of cattle. It sometimes makes it a little bit more difficult to get as many good cattle for everybody. I know when I was gone at the World Show and you guys uh, talked about your favorite fraternity go-around moments and stuff like that, and uh, one of the ones that I thought of was he's a Pepto Spoonful when he won the first, the second go-around, and the semis. And going into those finals, there was quite the buzz on that because I think that no other horse had done that except for Docalina maybe. And to win all four go-arounds is, is something else. And I remember just how excited and like, I feel like I'm getting goosebumps right now talking about it like on finals night when we were like everybody was rooting for Brad and he's a Pepto Spoonful to win it just because they'd won the three go-rounds before that. And, man, that's – it's exciting. Hype that, City. Yeah, that was one that I didn't even know about. I wasn't showing horses whenever Spoonful was a three-year-old. So that was a really good one. So, obviously, those three runs in the preliminary rounds – had to have been smoking. Yeah, they were they were pretty awesome. And then uh, that was when David and Stacy McDavid had bought Spoonful before the finals. Um, he had sold after the semifinals and before the finals, and that was even more buzz around that because they had just bought a horse that had won the first three rounds of the Fraternity, and it's just, man, it's crazy. Are y'all pumped? Because I'm pumped. I'm very pumped. The Fraternity is <laughs> super fun. Whether it's hanging out and watching horses in the first round or in the second round or semis, really any of the go rounds, um, I really enjoy that. Or, or being in the exhibit hall with all the great vendors, everybody knows 
Um, the exhibit hall during the fraternity is pretty much twice the size of what it is for the super stakes and the summer cutting spectacular. So that's another fun aspect of the of the um, fraternity is all the great vendors that set up uh, booths there in Fort Worth. Whether it's Brumballs bringing pretty much their a great portion of their leather gallery, great places to go take a nap. Dennis Moreland Tack. Dennis Moreland Tack. DMTack.com. Yeah, there's a bunch of great vendors that that have not only supported Section K, but uh, supported the NCHA for a really long time. Uh, they're going to be set up in Fort Worth at the Futurity as well, so I'll be excited about that. So I guess our next podcast will be during the Futurity. I guess, actually, we I got to see you guys in Vegas, but before, before then I hadn't seen you all in very long. But it's always fun when we can get together in uh, – chat on the podcast instead of having to do it over skype yeah it's way better whenever it's in person that's going to do it for today's episode of the section k podcast best of luck to everyone showing in the open futurity getting underway this thursday at the will rogers uh, we look forward to seeing and visiting with everyone at this year's futurity and once again best of luck and big congratulations to Horse of the Year winners and AQHA World Show champions. Congrats on winning those globes. You know, Monty's proud of you. Don't forget, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Section K Podcast, and you know our email, sectionkpod at gmail.com. We look forward to seeing everyone at the Futurity. Can't tell you that enough, so I'm going to say it again. We look forward to seeing everyone at the Futurity. (laughs) We'll see you down the road. Adios. Bye.